listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Hey, everybody. Happy Divine Mercy Sunday. This is Father Luke Fletcher. You're going to hear my homily talking about Divine Mercy Sunday and the, the account of St. Thomas uh, at the resurrection and um, after Mass. A bunch of parishioners shared with me that as um, I was talking about the image of the Divine Mercy um, that St. Faustina had uh, been commissioned, there was a light sunlight that came through the stained glass window, and I guess it was shining onto my chest area. It looked like I had the Divine Mercy rays coming off of me, like in the image. So just to share that with you, it was kind of uh, divine confirmation during that moment of his love and his mercy for us. Okay, thank you again for listening. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other's disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. I absolutely love that reading. You know, I begin most of my homilies that way, don't I? Our faith is so beautiful and so rich. Um, so today is the first Sunday after Easter, second Sunday of Easter. And um, for the last eight days, we celebrated the octave of Easter. So it's almost as if Easter was such a, a um, significant moment that really one day could not hold it. So it's like eight days of, of Easter. And on each of those days of the octave of Easter, the church would pray on this day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And now we have this Sunday. So it's the second Sunday of Easter. 
It's also known as the Divine Mercy Sunday. Can I see a show of hands? How many of you are familiar with what that means, the Divine Mercy? Okay, a couple of you. There is a devotion known as the Divine Mercy, and um, it is an amazing story. I I wish I had an extra hour. I would tell you all about this thing. (laughs) There was a nun in Poland named Sister Faustina, and she uh, lived in the early 1900s, around the same time as um, right before the war and into the war. And um, she had visions of Jesus. And she wrote down what Jesus told her in her diary. So I have a copy of it right here, (laughs) the diary of St. Faustina. Uh, The name of the diary is Divine Mercy in My Soul. And Jesus revealed to her a devotion, a devotion which has become known as the Divine Mercy. And he appeared to her in a vision and he ordered her to have a painting painted to represent this image of the resurrected Jesus with the red and the white, you know, the blood and the water that came out of Jesus's heart on the cross. Well, the risen Jesus has the red and the white as like rays coming out of his heart, symbolizing his mercy. And that painting, that image is right above your tabernacle. I don't know if you can see from where you're sitting. If you can't, make sure you check it out. And uh, Jesus made many promises of miracles that he would grant through this devotion. At the bottom of the picture are the words, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And for the last nine days, starting on Good Friday, there was a novena, a nine-day prayer to the Divine Mercy, um, which I have a little pamphlet right here. Five dollars. No, just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, And then today being the Feast of Divine Mercy. Um, So again, I, I know I don't have an hour But just to say that Faustina, Sister Faustina, became the first saint canonized in the new millennium. Saint Pope John Paul II canonized her in the year 2000. She was the first saint. And he instituted this Feast of Divine Mercy, which again is is Sunday today. And uh, so many promises of graces and miracles that Jesus told her about his mercy. Um, I highly recommend it. Google it. Amazon search it, whatever you got to do. The Divine Mercy is such a beautiful and powerful and needed devotion that God is love, that God is mercy, and that he desires to forgive us our sins. Um, That is a message that is needed now more than ever, huh? And I want to tie that in with a little something from today's gospel, okay? There's a number of curious details here in this gospel. And I just want to point them out to you and I want to ask a few rhetorical questions and then maybe a little story, okay? There are details. So this is after the resurrection, on the first day of the week. Why are we told that? It was Sunday. They were gathered together at Mass. They're at Mass. And Jesus, the risen Jesus, appears and One of the 11 apostles, Thomas, Thomas is not there. Why isn't he there? Where was he? He was absent. He was not there at church that Sunday. Okay. Pray about it. Thomas is not there. So then Jesus appears and he breathes on them the Holy Spirit, the beautiful gift of the sacrament of confession. He entrusted with his priests the ministry of his mercy. Receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven. That's where confession comes from, right there. It's in the Bible. 
And then a little bit later, Thomas shows back up. Okay, now he's back. And the other apostles tell him, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas, God bless St. Thomas, right? He's known as Thomas the Doubter. He does not believe. And what does he say? I will not believe unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger, my hand in his side in the wound. Um, I will not believe unless I can do this. Now, another detail. A week later, the disciples are together again, but this time Thomas is with them. A week later, it's Sunday again. They're at Mass. They're at the early Mass, celebrating the breaking of the bread, the Eucharist. And the risen Jesus comes again and says, Peace be with you. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Jesus quotes Thomas's words back to him, word for word. Put your fingers here and see my hands. Put your hand into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. How did Jesus know that Thomas said those things? He was there when Thomas said it, but he was not visible, right? He was there. And he allowed Thomas to struggle for a whole week, right? It could have happened that Thomas shows up and says, I will not believe unless I touch the wounds in Jesus's body. And then, you know, Jesus could have just appeared. Well, here I am, touch the wounds. No, Jesus let him struggle. And it's later at mass when they're gathered together as church in the upper room to pray that Jesus now finally appears and he quotes Thomas's words back to him. And uh, so anyways, a couple of takeaways here. On the Feast of St. Thomas, there's a beautiful reading that we have from St. Gregory the Great, one of the early popes. And in that reading, he says that Thomas's unbelief did more for us than the belief of the others. Isn't that true? You know, we can so relate to Thomas as we struggle to believe. Isn't it true? Um, so, all right. So now a little story to tie it all together. Um, I believe that if you remember that God is good and that God is trustworthy and God loves us, the way Jesus dealt with Thomas was a tremendous mercy and love. The way he allowed the details here that reveal the struggle that Thomas had. Um, in his love for us, he will, he will let us struggle. Um, I was praying over this passage and I remembered a story from when I was a younger person. I was in seventh grade. What grade are you guys in? Seven. Seventh? Okay, seventh grade. I didn't plan this. Okay, I was in seventh grade. Um, I just love it when it works out, right? You know, like, Here's $5 now, okay. Um, when I was in seventh grade, um, I had an absolutely horrible experience. My father got a promotion and we had to move to a different town. And uh, as I look back on my youth, this was one of the most difficult moments. You know, when you're in seventh grade, it's all about being with your friends. Now remember, this was the days there was no internet, no Facebook, no cell phones, no Instagram, no Snapchat. No, believe it or not, that didn't exist. So when you moved, you moved. And it was like I was uprooted from my whole life, my friends, my school, my neighborhood, people I'd grown up with, all of that, um, against my will, I was um, taken away from all of that. 
And I'll tell you, I was very angry, very upset, very frustrated, very um, sad. Um, it kind of damaged my relationship with my parents for a while. And um, how many of us can relate to things like that, right? As we go through life, uh, in this life there are, there is suffering, there is suffering. And I'll tell you, about three years later, um, I'm now in my new home, my new school, everything. Three years later, we go back to my old town where I lived. And um, I was kind of excited to like see some of my old friends and you know, the whole thing. And uh, lo and behold, we go back for like a day visit and um, I ran into some of my old friends. I'd not seen them for three years. And you can imagine from like eighth grade to junior in high school, a lot of things happen. You know, you grow and you develop. And um, my friends that I had grown up with were kind of not good people. And as a junior in high school, I remember the car ride back home to where we lived. And I remember just thanking God. I had a completely new and different perspective that I had realized in three short years that moving away was such a blessing. The town where we lived and the school where I was going was a much better place. In my pain and in my selfishness, I forgot that my father was good. And like St. Thomas, so often when we suffer, uh, we have doubts that God is good, that God is trustworthy. And I just had this moment of like, what if? You have those moments? What if this had been different? What if, you know? And uh, immediately, I needed to repent. So all that anger, all of that frustration, all of that, um, you know, heartbreak. And at the time, it felt so awful. But in a little bit of time later, I got a different perspective, and I realized it was God's mercy. It was God's love. You know, my father got a promotion. That's a blessing. And it ended up in a better town and in a better school and with friends who were more decent people. Um, what a blessing, huh? So anyways, I share that story with you because those are some details from my life. In the gospel here, we have some details from Thomas. And I want to draw a conclusion for all of us, all of you, whatever the details are that are part of your life, um, whatever sufferings that you have gone through or maybe are going through right now, whatever, we all have things, right? We said, oh, I really wish this was different. And I want to rebuke that. Like, let's trust the Lord. Let's trust his mercy. The Lord, you know, he's God. He, he has all the details of our life under control, right? Jesus said, every hair on your head is counted. And not one bird falls from the sky without God the Father knowing about it. So the Lord in his love, in his mercy, and in his, his trustworthiness, that even when we suffer, even when there's something that doesn't feel good, if we trust, if we pray, maybe God is doing something really good. Maybe there's a grace that's there. You know, we can trust him. We can trust Jesus, you know, in his love and in his mercy. You know, um, let's, not, let's not waste time with anxiety about how we wish things were different. Instead, we embrace the cross and we carry it with joy. Right? Jesus embraced the cross for love of us, and he invites us to follow him in our own lives, in those details that make up our own life, you know? Wish I had been born in a different, different family. All right, somebody's laughing. 
you know, oh, wish I had a different job or I wish this wouldn't have happened or, you know. Let's just trust the Lord. We trust the Lord on this Divine Mercy Sunday. As he told St. Faustina, the mercy with which he treated Thomas, he allows us to struggle. He allows us to suffer. But if we have faith, right? We heard that in the second reading. Our faith conquers the world. Did you hear that? Our faith in Jesus, our Savior, that there is a love which is like a rock that we stand upon and let the storms blow. The house will not fall when it's built upon the house, uh, upon the rock of Jesus, right? Jesus taught that. So on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we give thanks to the Lord for everything. We give thanks to the Lord for everything, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is everlasting. That was the psalm. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.